0: One, two, three, four. Welcome
1: to the Ladybirds podcast. We are here having open conversations about mental health, sex, and womanhood. Woo! All right. Dear diary, my teen angst bullshit has a body count. Don't have sex, because you will get pregnant and die. You can't do
0: anything
2: unless you're the center of attention.
1: Don't have sex with missionary position.
2: You need a boyfriend who's not such a complete bummer. Don't have sex standing up. All I see is pork souls. You're a virgin you can't drive. Just don't do it, promise. My name is Mandy, and I love movies and talking about sex and life. And I am joined here with.
1: I'm Gabby, and I like folk music and. heating pads. <laughs> hmm <laughs> they've been so helpful today
0: i feel that in my soul and i am kate and i like fall and i like that the leaves are changing and i wish it was colder but it's not because of global warming so yeah, <laughs> i know
2: so we're doing good right we're doing we're good hanging we're happy to there. be
1: back it's been a while but much needed time off i think yeah so welcome back and we are here to talk about
2: relationships
1: (laughs) so today we wanted to chat with you guys about something that all of america is going through right now and that is breakups mandy earlier this week made a great analogy of us going through a presidential breakup and Boy was that a toxic relationship. I swear that Trump is like that creepy ex that just won't accept the breakup and mm-hmm. is not able to leave and let you like move on and get onto healthier things. Won't stop subtweeting you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But what we really wanted to talk with you today is how important and how much the people and relationships around you matter. Whether they be friends, intimate relationships, co-workers, or your yoga teacher, building a healthy team around you that you can rely on is integral for your well-being. And I truly do think that cultivating healthy relationships starts with establishing boundaries. Mm -hmm. Also, of course, as all parts of life, all of this is also evolving. And honestly, that's part of cultivating healthy relationships. It's allowing yourself to grow and it's allowing yourself to learn in them. Diving into boundaries, which to me is the sexiest thing. (laughs) Because I, I truly believe this. Because boundaries, although they are tough to set, it is crucial to have them in every aspect of your life. So for me, it's important to look at and understand boundaries not as setting limitations or constrictions to your relationship, but framing boundaries to be a tool to better connect with your most authentic self Mm -hmm. and the people around you. It's really, for me, like an act of self-care. You know, saying all that, I (laughs) will be the first to say that I've really only recently been able to prioritize and feel comfortable setting boundaries in my own relationships, both within my intimate relationships with my partner, but also with my friends. Because I think for over two years, I sat with a lot of pain and anger and consistently felt depleted because I wasn't able to set my own boundaries in my relationships, especially with a close friend of mine. I was constantly prioritizing their needs and their wants over mine. And honestly, that's how our relationship was set from the start with the end of this relationship with the breakup. And I do actually really want to call it a breakup because I think it's important for us to normalize how intensely friendships can affect us. Yeah. And so understanding that when they do end, it really does feel like a breakup. It does feel like you go through this mourning process. And I did love that person so much. And I still care for them deeply. But... In that relationship, I think because the foundations were built at a time when I really didn't understand or know how to set my own boundaries or how to have tough conversations about what I didn't like about the relationship, mostly because it came from my fears of abandonment Hmm. and feeling like if I were to express them, then I would push them away or it would be too much for them to handle. So even when I started gathering the tools through therapy and through honestly like my partner right now, unfortunately, I just think it, it was um, it was too late.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I know that sounds like really weird, but I, I just think that I, because the foundations were already set with none of those boundaries, mm-hmm. that trying to integrate them just never really worked. and I just ended up being really tired and exhausted mm-hmm. all the time. Mm-hmm. I just realized that there wasn't enough discussion that could be made to make amends to that you know, it sucks. And I'm really proud that I learned to prioritize myself and my needs, even when that meant that I had to let go of that friendship. Mm -hmm. Because coming to that realization that you have to leave Mm -hmm. a friendship, a relationship, your job, it's fucking tough.
2: For me, boundaries translate into just being like your most honest self. Mm -hmm. Because I think at least personally me, I'm like a pleaser and I like to be go with the flow I find that my strongest relationships and as I get older and I think by setting boundaries where I'm not just a yes person being able to set boundaries where I'm like you know what, I'm like too exhausted to hang out this week like those were huge steps for me and I think in part I was able to start to navigate that more within my friends after I did enter into like a long-term romantic relationship. And so kind of similar to you, Gabby, it was like having, intense romantic relationship and exploring boundaries, exploring what it's like to be my most honest self. Cause I didn't realize it, but I am both a very open person. Like I'll talk about so much shit on this podcast. And yet I'm also an incredibly closed person. Yeah. It, that was something I had to almost restructure in my brain where it's like, I'm quite open with certain things and then certain emotional stuff, I'm very, very closed off. And only vi- people who are incredibly close to me will know kind of what might be behind the scenes or but boundaries for me is just being honest and being honest where like I can't always be a perfect happy person I can't always be an easy go and go with the flow person or need to take up space or I need to take up time or I need to I don't want to say put up not friction, but that's where I find that some of my relationships have failed and friendships have failed where I couldn't be completely honest about how I felt. And I also didn't feel like we could necessarily have productive conversations where we would set boundaries because I think that can be something to navigate where sometimes it's a really difficult thing to come to terms with, but sometimes it can be like just Personalities don't necessarily communicate in the way necessary to have an honest and long term friendship. And so, a thousand percent. No, sucks. but it,
1: it, it totally sucks. <laughs> and that's the other part is like an unhealthy relationship to be in doesn't necessarily mean that that person is evil or horrible. It just means that they might not be able to provide the sufficient needs and wants that you desire. And it's totally okay for you to want and desire those or have certain expectations that you want from your partner, your friend, whatever. But it's also okay for them to not want to meet them. Mm -hmm. And that's the hard part. And that's why I think it's so important to kind of set those boundaries and that foundation at the very beginning. And it's weird because I don't think we've been taught this. And then I think especially... You know, you talked about not being able to talk about certain like deeper, maybe more emotional stuff going on in your head. And <laughs> I think for me, it's like, it, to me, that was like acknowledging that I have abandonment issues that still come mm-hmm. to play in my relationships today is huge. Like that past trauma is huge. The mm-hmm. stuff that I learned from my parents, from the relationships around me are still affecting me today, are still affecting my relationships and who I am and what I bring and what I take mm-hmm. from what people bring to me today. And so I think it's just like taking the step back to recalibrate and reevaluate and being able to confront that is huge. But having someone that, that is there to receive that and to that you can rely on is I think, you know like you need someone that will take that in and that will be able to hold that and understand it I think people typically when we talk about boundaries I think we typically talk about boundaries like in the bedroom Mm -hmm. you know like no anal or safe word yeah (laughs) safe word what's your friendship safe word (laughs) (laughs) My best
0: friend from high school and I had a safety word because we used to have that kind of relationship where we'd tease each other and we'd be kind of like mean to each other. And when you like were not joking anymore, our safe word was magical Mr. (laughs) Mistopheles from the musical Cats. (laughs) So so we'd be like in a fight and one of us would be like, magical Mr. Mistopheles, we are not talking about this anymore. (laughs) And then you knew like the fight had to be over. You've gone too far. Too far. You've gone too far. (laughs) That's hilarious. I'm glad I'm not the only one with friendship safe words. <laughs> what are you talking about abandonment issues? I always joke about the
2: fact I'm a middle child. But what I am basically saying is like I have deep self-esteem worth and attention issues. And that seeps into all my relationships. But yeah, I don't know. If all relationships, you kind of already have like a routine. And it's quite difficult to kind of break out of that routine. And that's why I feel quite lucky with some of my relationships with people that I've had since since high school and, and beyond, where the ones that have lasted and who are in my life are the ones who you know, the way we might have talked to each other and, and treated each other has just shifted over the years and I think it's become more honest and but that is quite difficult when you're, you know, if you have started a relationship where one person's needs or They're more prioritized. It can be really, really challenging to, like, you know, as you're evolving, being like, I need to be more prioritized. Mm -hmm. And that's not necessarily possible if the person is not also. Willing receiving to re- receiving and yeah. to be open, And I think that's where the hardest part is. Like when you can't communicate, where you can't work through something, that's when you have that that gut. Like I think we all have, whether it's a friendship breakup, a breakup, a workplace breakup, you have that like gut feeling when you're like, there is no. There's so only so many, like, of these conversations,
1: these one-on-one. We're just not moving forward. We're, we're not n- progressing. We're not getting anywhere. Yeah. And I, we're putting so much focus on, like, it's every kind of relationship that these boundaries matter, that they are important for you to cultivate really good people around you because I think it's – easier to to talk about having boundaries in like intimate relationships with your partners but I think it's also important to acknowledge that your workplace environment that the people that you work with the people that you surround yourself whether it be your doctor your therapist your friends They are also going to be integral to provide a good environment for you, a good healthy space for you. And for me, letting go of that friendship was very much an act of self-respect and it took a lot of work. It was coming into myself and realizing that my past traumas, my abandonment issues were creating bad habits from me to me, but also from other people to me, from them to me. When you realize that the end of a relationship, especially like a toxic and unhealthy one, isn't because of you or who you are and that you deserve better and that you deserve more, I think it becomes a little bit easier to recognize that you're holding on for the wrong reasons.
0: When we were talking about toxic relationships, I thought back to my one, like, romantic relationship that I've had. And it was toxic in, like, certain ways, but not in, like, stereotypical, like, we weren't violent with each other. It was more just, like, not having open communication. So, like, yeah, my romantic relationship did have a tinge of toxicity to it, but for me in my life, not romantic relationships haven't been the issue. It's, like, friendship, toxic relationships, or workspace, and the two that I, like, cannot tolerate. I cannot tolerate coming home. Like, I want to come home to an environment that is peaceful to me and not toxic. So from that perspective, like, that must have been really hard to come home every day to.
1: Yeah, I mean, you always think of your home as your safe space, and when that's taken away, that affects you tremendously. That hits your mental health like a fucking truck. Do you guys have red flags that you sort of look out for in relationships, whether it be intimate or friendship?
2: I think I, in the past, have had a tendency to want to befriend people that might not necessarily have a robust group of friends. And I think a weird flag for me sometimes is like when people don't necessarily have a couple, like they don't have to have tons of friends. But I think something that I've noticed in, like, romantic partners and also just in, like, friends is, like, if an individual doesn't have, like, long, not, doesn't have some, like, history or patterns of, like, a friend or that, when, often when people that I think.
1: does I this sort of make understand sense. what you're saying. Um, looking at how, at how they understand the importance of friendships in mm-hmm. their life or relationships in their lives and how they go about it. Mm-hmm. This is not to be confused with being there for someone who might be lonely and who might need some help Mm -hmm. right now. That's very different. And I think you can always be friendly to someone, but to put on the responsibility of being almost the caretaker Mm -hmm. of that person is a whole different thing. I
2: think that's a pattern I find, at least my thing that I've needed to work on is that I think often I take on the burden of people's happiness happiness or filling that void to a point where it's just incredibly draining for me something i'm still working on and just like once again setting boundaries and also i think it also does also just feed into my issues of of worth and esteem and wanting to be liked by by lots of people because that's one of i think my biggest things i i want to be liked and i think that's that is human nature but and that's where i think sometimes that tendency can lead to toxic relationships or toxic friendships or not honest friendships because if you can't be liked all the time and you can't be
1: oh, there's a great tweet <laughs> that's like Stop trying to be liked by everyone you don't even like everyone.
2: <laughs> that's so true. I, it's so true. Like, what the fuck the are we doing? statement.
1: You know, like, it's, it's never going to happen. Let it go. Let it go. You will be lighter and happier. It's true. I think that's
0: what confuses me so much about my desperation to have people like me, is mm-hmm. that I genuinely dislike most people.
1: Me yeah. too. I don't know. No, but I, I do think it's really good acknowledging that you have your own unhealthy habits unhealthy patterns it's the other half of like accomplishing that part of setting boundaries
2: yeah it's hard
1: i think for me a huge one a huge red flag that i sort of look out for is when i can't suss out where I stand with that person because I almost feel like then every time that I'm around them I put on this layer of fakeness and Mm. like a facade where I try to figure out what and who they want me to be so I kind of put on this act to be like a super chill and nonchalant girl. But, like, <laughs> yeah. I am not a super chill and nonchalant girl. I literally cry almost every day. Like, I just cannot be that person for you. But that's always who I think mm. they want, especially in an intimate relationship. Mm. Um, well, and I feel like it's hard in relationships sometimes where
0: like I know what could make the relationship better at least on my end but it's the like guilt almost of asking for things mm-hmm. like I don't want to seem needy and yeah. I don't want to ask for things and that leads to just that cycle of not because comu- then I'm just not communicating what I need and want and then that's yeah. just like simmering internally yeah,
2: the fear of needing. And I used to always joke, and this kind of is very into romantic relationships, but that was a joke I used to always say with my ex that I I always thought I'd be such a chill girl to date. Like, I'm so easygoing. And <laughs> when we were dating, I discovered I have so much anger and I don't realize it. And like, there was nothing physical. There was nothing like, but he brought out so much. And it was because I could be my most authentic <laughs> self. And like, I didn't have to just be you know, happy-go-lucky, I could be like, this is making me mad. This is making me sad. And so I think coming to terms with the fact that no one is easy to date. Like dating, you can't date
1: and not be needy, if that makes sense. I think you can't be in a relationship and not be Be needy. It's not even just dating. It's any relationship if you really think about it. Yeah,
2: because like, what is a relationship? It's being available to another person. Yes, sharing experiences, but it's being a healthy relationship you must give and thus you must need. And I'm still doing so much work, but being okay with being like, I am needy, I'm grumpy, (laughs) I'm a bitch sometimes. Like I'm fucking annoying. (laughs) I'm all these things that I'm so fearful of being defined by, but I'm also, a full package and so that's something
1: that i work with my therapist a lot is like if i will tell her a scenario and then sometimes i'll be like it's not that i'm jealous and she's like no it is that you're jealous say that you're jealous say it (laughs) and she will literally wait there until i say i am jealous i am jealous i am jealous i am jealous and it's just like okay I'm jealous. So what? Who gives a fuck? I'm allowed to feel jealous. Am I overstepping a certain boundary? Am I becoming an unbearable person? Am I doing toxic things? Am I am I having unhealthy behaviors because I feel jealous? No? Then who the fuck am I hurting? It's okay to not be this perfect ideal who gives a shit person. Mm-hmm. Like that's not realistic, nor is that healthy.
0: Mm-hmm. I was going to say that's spot on because I literally, I wrote down like warning signs of- bad relationships just from like things i was thinking and i wrote jealousy but then i made a huge addendum and i was like jealousy followed by actions based on that jealousy like stalking or like checking texts or checking e like once you start acting on the jealousy is when there's an issue
1: no no fucking shit if i'm walking down the street and i see my partner like full-on check out a girl i might feel a little bit jealous i might feel a little bit like okay unless she's really hot and I wanna check her out too. But even then (laughs) even then I will most likely be jealous because like I can do it, you can. I'm just kidding. (laughs)
2: that is unhealthy (laughs) because i like to talk about movies i always think of gone girl and there's the cool girl monologue i don't know if you guys are familiar with it and she says so men always say that as a defining compliment she's a cool girl being the cool girl means i'm a hot brilliant funny woman who adores football poker dirty jokes and burping who plays video games drinks cheap beer loves threesomes and anal sex and jams hot dogs and hamburgers and to my mouth, like she's hosting the world's biggest culinary gangbang, while somehow maintaining a size two. Because cool girls are above all hot, hot and understanding. Cool girls are never angry; they only smile in a loving manner and let their men do whatever they want go ahead and shit on me. I don't mind. I'm the cool girl. So for me, this brings this whole conversation full circle of like being honest, being authentic and fighting against those ideas that you can't be needy. And when you stop pretending you have to be the cool girl. And I feel like too, when you enter into romantic relationships, you kind of start off as being the, you like match the cool girl. It's like, Oh yeah, I love this, I love that. And then slowly as you get close, it's like I don't I hate the. like dogs. here's one emotional trauma with
1: this cookie. And then it's just like here is a whole pool of emotional trauma and no cookie. <laughs> I feel like maybe if we reframe it to look at like what are healthy relationship behaviors that I want. Coming from myself, coming from my partner, coming from my friends, like if we take a spin of it and make it into like a searching for positive things and sort of like manifesting this, maybe it's easier for us to like when we talk about that, I need this. It doesn't have such a negative tinge to it. The end goal is creating this really safe and productive environment mm-hmm.
2: It's like live your life not being like you have to apologize for taking up space for having your own needs. And that's the thing too, is I feel like those who reject that, that's an indication it's just not a, it's not a positive relationship.
0: I definitely think just because I, again, I've only been in the one relationship and I am, have been very happily single for a long time and I'm uh, planning on keeping it that way for a while. But I, most of my, relationships and where i feel the strongest in establishing kind of boundaries has always been my work relationships and not mm-hmm. it's not always bad i shouldn't say always even when i like recognized what was toxic mm-hmm. about it i was at a point where i very much was confident enough in who i am as a person to stand up for myself and it is boundary setting because there were things that i there are things that i am willing to set aside and look past to have like a calm work environment and there are things that I'm absolutely not willing to look past because you and my dad something my dad has always said to me is like you're not gonna love everyone you work with Mm -hmm. that's just life like you every job you go to you're gonna find someone you don't get along with and part of being a grown-up adult is just like being as kind to them as you can be just being polite but there are definitely certain things that I just like am not willing to tolerate in a in a workspace and I can like pinpoint what the change was for me and it goes back to an old job I had where an employer asked me to lie to police in a police report that was being filed about like an incident that happened at work and that was That was one thing where it was just, like, so black and white, right and wrong for me that I was like, oh, I am not okay with this to the point where I don't want to work for you anymore. And that was the start of me being like, oh, I can just leave a job if I, like, don't feel like I'm up for it anymore. Like, you can absolutely walk away from a job. I'm a vet tech and I started teching at a hospital and just within the first probably two weeks, I just knew that the majority of Mm. personalities that were there were not, I don't know, they just were not the kind of personalities that were gonna jive with me. There was a level of, like, disrespect in the way that people spoke to each other. Then there was also, like, the use of words that I don't really like. Like, it's definitely just, like, setting your boundaries and deciding what you are not going to tolerate. And it was enough things there that I was just like, I'm not going to tolerate this. So I peaced out. And it was a really hard decision to make because we're in the middle of a pandemic, in the middle of an economic downfall. Thankfully, I have parents who super support me. And thankfully, I had another job kind of lined up. There's two places where, like, I will not tolerate conflict, Mm -hmm. and that is roommates, like, coming home. Like, I cannot Mm -hmm. tolerate having bad relationships in my home, and I cannot Mm -hmm. tolerate toxic workplaces. Like, those are the two places where, like, my home is where I rest and recharge, and if I – and if at work I'm in a toxic place, like, that's Mm -hmm. where I spend the majority of my time.
2: Yeah. Yeah, It's funny because we kind of talked more about f- friendship. One of my closing things that somebody recently told me, which was that you are your five closest friends yes. and that blew my mind. And so, and I lumped that in with relationships and I do really think that like the people you surround yourself with, you feed off their energy I love the people that I'm around and like they energize me and I'm inspired by them and I think that's really important like you want to love and be inspired by the people you surround yourself by and you want them to energize you want them to motivate you to like be better people to do the things you want you know if I'm anything like my
0: friends it makes me happy because I think they're all fucking cool I think the one thing that I wrote about that we didn't really touch on for me was also check your relationship with your therapist We all talk about Mm. therapy and we love therapy here, but I had to break up with the therapist because our relationship started getting toxic in a way that I would not tell her things Mm -hmm. because I didn't want her to be mad at me. I'd be doing something and be like, oh my God, if my therapist knew, she'd be so disappointed Mm. in me. And like, that's also not healthy. Like your therapists are not there for that reason. So
2: yeah,
0: therapy is great, but also don't be afraid to break up with your therapist because sometimes it's for the best.
2: Kate, that it's so relevant because I think that's boundaries, honesty with like relationships beyond just friendships, that stuff, like just all relationships, like
0: your relationship with your therapist, your doctor. Don't even get like, started on fucking doctors. Get it. Everyone who's like, should I get a second opinion? Always get a second opinion. Never, tr- <laughs> never just listen to
1: one doctor. Always. <laughs> Always. If you need it out there, this is your ticket to go and give yourself permission to know yourself and what you want and do yourself right and work for that. Because in the same way that you have a responsibility to yourself to know your tolerances and your triggers and to recognize them for yourself, you should also do this for your relationships because like Mandy said, you are your five friends. So that means that your friends is also a little bit of you.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: It's important to take care of yourself because you have to be able to rely on yourself when times are tough and it's mm-hmm great to have those relationships around you that even when you don't know that they are there supporting and cheering you on because right now we need a lot of supporting and cheering on you got to do it for yourself too and it's going to be really hard and there's going to be days that you can't do it and take a nap (laughs) go on a walk whatever it is that you can put yourself to feel a little bit better each day that's that's the ticket and then start getting the really good work going and figure out what you really deserve because you deserve so, so much. What have y'all done this week that have made you feel like you're doing okay? What was your self-care of the week? I have one that actually relates very much to what you had said about your friendships. In the same sense where you have certain friends that you don't have to talk to for like ever and then you come back and it's good (laughs) i have that with my high school friends and i finally had time to talk to two of my friends that i haven't talked in so long and it was just this beautiful beautiful moment oh so yeah i really 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 loved that i'm so happy that i got to talk to them so
2: is that you're doing okay yeah
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's very much my doing okay
2: Oh. I guess I have like a 2 this week. So the other day I had a day off and d- discovered that I'm very anxious about uh job searching and putting myself out there and so I have been really hesitant, but the other day I like actually sat down I started working on my resume and just like it felt really good and I was like hyping myself up I was like I forgot I did all this shit like yeah and so that felt really good because it felt like I was finally able to push through just a lot of just internal stuff and so that was really really satisfying and then the second doing okay moment was I was walking down Boylston and um there's a bunch of like little preschools i think in the area and in the mornings they bring the kids out and they have those big ropes with like the basically the kids are on these
1: it's like kid-leashes. the kid leash i love like
2: them they're so cute and so i was walking down and it's just like a leash of like you know five-year-olds we're at the end of fall so there's leaves everywhere and all of a sudden there was like a huge gust of wind and just all the leaves were like swarming all the kids stopped you just seeing pure joy of Children, you know when kids get yeah. they're overloaded and they start wiggling and shaking and you know we talk about doing okay. There are moments where like that just brought me out of my own shit. And it made me like there is still so much joy and beauty in the world. And so seeing little four-year-olds get pumped about leaves, I
0: was like So mine like starts off sad, but it's happy at the end because it was like very cathartic for me. Um so everyone probably knows Alec Trebek died. And I loved him with my whole entire heart as somebody who was raised, like, I would come home from school, I would do my homework, we would watch Wheel of Fortune and Jeopardy. That was, like, my family's thing, so it was very, very sad that he passed. Um, But he was very gallant about the whole thing. He's very open about his cancer, um, and I did appreciate that. But Netflix has put up, like, all of Jeopardy. (laughs) So I've just been binge-watching Jeopardy, and I forgot... How much i loved it because i really haven't sat down and watched jeopardy in a while so it was just very nice to go back through and like as sad as i am it was very cathartic to just watch a whole bunch of it and remember how much i loved him that's <laughs> nice
2: left a good legacy just a good dude
0: yeah he's a
2: badass i hope it's entertaining well as usual you know follow us and like us and comment on our instagram ladybirds pod dm us we love to talk and chat and just you know take care of yourselves y'all it's these are difficult times but uh you know take care
1: thanks for stopping by
2: yeah thanks for stopping by bye